Hello and welcome back to this special Christmas edition of the Basic Bible Podcast. And we're all festive and decked out here. And today, unlike most podcasts, we are recording live in front of a studio audience. Welcome, white children. My name is Aaron White. Yes. And my... <laughs> I, I, that, that probably ought to be explained. <laughs> but Otherwise, yeah. that's... Oh, uh... Kevin, we're up for a rough start, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, before I dig myself deeper into... Now, they have been told to be very quiet, so they, that's why they didn't erupt in uh, applause and uh, all of that. But anyway. Right. <laughs> so, Pastor Aaron White, pastor of the River Hills Community Church in Janesville, is back with us. So, Aaron, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to be back on the podcast. Uh, Kevin, it's such a blessing to be here. Yes, my name is Aaron White, and my boys are with me today, hence the White Boys. <laughs> now, when I first introduced you, when you started coming here for chapel, uh, I started referring to you as Pastor Wright, with a W-R-I-G-H-T. It took me a while to figure out, okay, White and not Wright. Well, that's okay. And, and uh, Hopefully, yeah. you know, my sermon notes are right, and so in a sense, that might work. It might. Yeah, but that... That's, that's not my name. No. But I, we've got that straightened out now. I forgive you, and I still love you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. All right, so we're talking about, uh, this, this is our Christmas edition, so this, is, uh, this will be aired the, on Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas, uh, that Monday. And so, uh, but we're going to kind of back it up a little bit on this podcast. We're going to talk about not necessarily Christmas, but the related topic of Advent. So what do we mean? And the Advent is one of those things I think where you, at least when I was a kid, we never talked about it. In my theological background, independent, fundamental Baptist, we, we went from Thanksgiving to Christmas, and that was it. Because Advent was something like Catholics did or something. But I think most of the evangelical community would, would, would have some understanding of Advent. But it's been my experience now that a lot of people don't know what that means other than uh, maybe lighting a few candles at church or... Uh, taking out an Advent calendar, but we don't know actually what that means. So tell us, what, is, what do we mean by Advent? Well, I, I can say my experience was, was similar to yours as well. Uh, growing up kind of Baptist slash yeah. Pentecostal slash non-denominational. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of slashes. The, theological mode. When you grow up south of the Mason-Dixon line, that's, that's pretty yeah. common. But um, So the idea of Advent, or even the verbiage of Advent, wasn't really a part you know, of, of my growing up years. Um, and I, I would say just out of naivete, it would yeah. be the same if you were to ask me back then, you know, do you guys celebrate Advent? Uh, it would have sounded somewhat mystical, yeah. maybe pagan right. at worst. You know, I, I wouldn't really have a, a compartment in my mind for what that was. But as I grew uh, theologically, went to seminary, uh, different things, started reading more things. So we, and I see it's on our, our topic for discussion today. And maybe some of you viewers are thinking, well, is it a, is it a biblical mandate? Yeah. You know, am I in sin for not doing this? We're going to talk about that as well. Um, but for now, the word itself just means the appearance or arrival of yeah. an expected person. And so the whole idea of an advent, biblically speaking, is the much anticipated arrival of the only expected person yeah. in all of history that really has any import, and that's Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, so we'll save the question of, is it a biblical mandate for a little bit later in the show, but for now, I would say that I've come to see that it's a helpful thing. Yeah. Uh, my boys are here with me, and my daughter's shopping with my wife today. But we have celebrated Advent along with our church family. You know, our, our church has done 
I think a good job, you know, a lot of our, our leaders do a good job of supporting Advent, yeah. explaining what it is, making devotionals available, um, and more and more there are resources where you can celebrate Advent right. together as a family. So that's, uh, I think you and I are probably in lockstep as far as yeah. our experience. I, I think in, it's my experience anyway that our family worship around the time of Advent, that the kids are a little paying a little closer attention even because there is that communal aspect because this is something that a lot of people are talking about as opposed to you know our family our regular family devotions uh i don't see a lot on the news about family devotion time each night after dinner but advent christmas people are talking about it and so they're they're more engaged in what's going on so it's a valuable tool at least uh from and, and advent again we're, we're talking about the four weeks leading up mm-hmm. to um Christmas, where we celebrate, of course, the birth of Christ. So it would begin formally on December 1st, right? Yeah, sometimes November 30th, from what I understand. But yeah, most of the time. Okay, yeah, so that's a good point, Kevin, for our viewers, that maybe you're kind of where we were, where I think a lot of Christians are when it comes to Advent. Um, Is it wrong? Is it bad? When do it start? How do I do it? You know, it, it really is the days leading up to Christmas, and it builds that anticipation for yeah. the expected person. Now, obviously, we're... We know that Christ has already come in right. his first advent, so that's what we're referring to. There is a second advent yes. at his return at the end of the age when he comes back in power. And that's what this looks forward to. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're looking back, commemorating his coming uh, in the incarnation, but also looking forward to his second glorious advent. Uh, so there's a lot of talking points, too. I yeah. know even with my kiddos, there's a lot of theological touch points with right. advent. Um, and I know we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but there's a lot of resources now as well. Yeah. That if you are not doing family devotionals, or if you've thought about doing family devotionals, but where do I start? How do I start? I, I would say Advent is a great yes. kind of jumping off point. Right. Uh, because it just seems kind of normalized mm-hmm. you know, at Christmas time to talk about these things. So I just want to encourage you guys with that, too, to give that some thought. So is it a biblical concept? We said, we said it's not a biblical mandate, and I, I, I agree with that. But, you know, we can look at a, bit, a couple of scriptures. I'm thinking first, I think of Galatians 4 that talks about Jesus coming at a particular time that has been prepared, and even backing up from that, I think from, uh, I'm sure you're going to agree with me, if not, you're going to leave. But <laughs> from all, all the way from... Uh, We're very from, objective here on the <laughs> Basic Bible Podcast. Uh, going back all the way from uh, Genesis 3, we are looking forward to the arrival of the one who's going to crush the head of the serpent. Yeah. Uh, the serpent, excuse me. And throughout the Old Testament, there's going to be the one that's greater than Moses. There's one who's going to sit on the throne of David forever. There's going to be that one that's going to be the final perfect sacrifice. And I think every page of the Old Testament anticipates this coming, this arrival, this advent of the Messiah. It is a great, whether or not you use these words, right? Yeah. Terminology sometimes is helpful, sometimes not, but... What it really gives you a chance to do is engage in, in biblical theology yeah. with your family. Biblical theology as opposed to systematic theology. Systematic theology would take one particular topic and say, what does the Bible right. overall systematically say about this topic? It could be atonement or justification. Biblical theology, we're kind of looking at what they call the meta narrative. Yeah. And meta narrative is just a fancy word for what's the big picture? Yeah. What's the overarching storyline? Is the Bible 66 books of just kind of random information put together, or is there any type of flow? And even though it may not appear on the surface when you move from Ruth, you know, and then jump over to Proverbs, yeah. and then jump over to... But there is a big picture, 
And we're hearing more and more of that, I think, in the publication world, that a lot more books, even kids' devotionals, are kind of tapping into, not only do we need to teach, you know, the verses of the Bible, and not only do we need to touch on systematic theology, but also on biblical theology Mm -hmm. and helping young Christians and older Christians see that there is a big overarching story. And you aptly pointed to, it begins essentially in Genesis 3.15 with what is called the Proto-Euangelion, which is just a fancy Greek word for the first gospel. Yeah. And from there, whether it's, you know, my family just got done um, reading the book of Judges. Hmm. And if you read the book of Judges, it's pretty depressing. You know, right. It's a cycle of apostasy. Yeah. And, you know, so how do, how do we preach and apply and study the book of Judges to be edified? Well, if you're not looking for Christ, um, it's, it's easy to get depressed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it is easy to see your own sin with no grace. Uh, but if you, every time you read that there was no king in the land and everyone did what was right in yeah. his own eyes, it's always pushing us forward to where is this promised Messiah, this promised yeah. Davidic king? And there's an anticipation of the advent all through the Old Testament. So I think what we're rehearsing with our, our families or even just alone if we do our devotions for Advent is really tapping into that sense of anticipation that we should have, especially when we read our Old Testament. Yeah. And that's that's really what Advent is all about. We're we're anticipating this, and so uh, I mean, and, and then pushing that even further, we look at you know passages, classic passage. I always think of Hebrews ten twenty five. You know, we're we're meeting together. We're not neglecting. I'm going to use some King James language here. That's okay. Uh, not not neglecting the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some is, but all the more we are looking forward to that day. So looking, James, a little Kevin J. Thompson translation there. Well, uh, we're looking forward to Forsooth, day. brother. Yes. Brethren, <laughs> I dost thou enjoy thy King James translation. Now everyone's confused. <laughs> but we're looking forward to the day when Christ is coming. So we, we have this great anticipation in, in, in Scripture leading up to this first advent. But now I think we have a similar situation where it is difficult after... Thousands of years after all of Scripture has been completed, the canon of Scripture uh, is completed. We, I think we both agree on that, too, right? Otherwise, you, you know, you can leave. Uh, no, the canon's closed. Yes, yeah, okay, we, good. We can hang our head on that. Um, but it's been a long time. It's been a while. And it, you know, we get into the, all of the affairs of life, and it's depressing watching the news, looking at all that's happening, and it's just like, what is going on? Is there? But we have a hope in all of this. And we have an anticipation of another advent that's coming. And that gives us joy. In fact, uh, Titus refers to this in Titus 2, the blessed hope mm-hmm. that is set before us. Amen. Yeah, I, I've noticed, you know, our church for the last three years has been working systematically through the book of Romans. Yeah. And we've made some pit stops along the way. And by the way, I mocked you for that the other day. Oh, you did? Yeah, we're, we just started in, my, in our New Testament survey class. The Book of Romans, and I said, and I said, we could. We're only going to spend a couple of weeks in this. We could spend years, and if you go to River Hills, you're probably going to spend the next two decades in this book. <laughs> I, and, I take that as a compliment, my friend. And we had one of your your members there, and uh, he was nodding along. <laughs> so in agreement. I'll get it. I'll get the name, and the address <laughs> later. Yeah, and it's it's been it's been good, you know, to work through any book of the Bible just systematically. But one thing I've noticed in Romans, when you say Romans. Everyone kind of gasps, you know, yeah. that kind of vaudevillian, oh, no, and they think, you know, it's going to be heavily theological, and it is. Um, but really what I see in, in Pauline literature, and Romans is no exception, especially in Romans 8, yeah. is he always has one eye on the circumstance in hand, you know, whether it be the specific church or his specific circumstances, but always another eye on the horizon for 
the coming second powerful advent yeah. of Christ. You read in Philippians, so he's dealing directly with the Philippian church. There's a lot of love for the Philippian church, but then a lot of Philippians is looking forward to that I might attain the resurrection, you know, that I would finish my course, that to live as Christ and die as gain. And it's always future-oriented. And you see that when you pick up on that in the Pauline literature, you see it in Romans, you see it in 1st 2nd Thessalonians, you see it in even Galatians. I mean, it might not yeah. be as pronounced as certain areas. But I think that, again, points to why do we do Advent? Well, is it a biblical concept? Well, it might not be a biblical command, um, but it is a biblical concept, yes. the idea of anticipation, longing. Right. Uh, we're not pretending that Jesus hasn't come. So when I sit yeah. down to do Advent with my children, read an Advent devotional, they know that Jesus Christ has already come in the flesh. He's already ascended to glory. We're just rehearsing that, right. uh, but also pointing forward to the day he returns. Yeah. So, uh. It also gives us just a greater appreciation of what that first Advent meant. Because that directly affects my salvation. This is something that the God of the universe stepped into time for a particular purpose and for a particular reason. And that reason is we, you know, again, we back up into this grand meta-narrative scripture, the, the grand drama of redemption that uh, unpacks itself throughout the pages of scripture. We see he had to come because of my sin. In fact, all of the, the Old Testament sacrifices all point to that. But to apply that personally, Jesus came as a little baby to do what I could never do. He came to live a life I could never live and to die as a payment for sin that I could never pay. And all of the, uh, and I think that's one of the, the great things about a biblical theology, especially during this Advent time. It points to the issue of salvation. I can talk to my kids about that. I can talk to strangers on the street about that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, a couple of years ago, uh, I, was I was flying back from Boston uh, back here and just listening in the airport, they were singing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, they were playing that. Uh, and I just thought, man, what a, what a great message of the gospel. And I was able to start up a conversation with somebody that's one of the most uh, theologically rich yes. Christmas hymns. Which I'm surprised to hear that. You know, I'm expecting, you know, Jingle Bells or Frosty or whatever. Right. Um, Charles Wesley got it right from time to time. From time to time, yes. <laughs> I think we'd have our, certainly have our differences with him. But, uh, you know, in his music, it was great. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of rich theology there. So uh, let's go to some, uh, the more controversial now. Okay, so is it, there is, in our, you know, I, we travel in kind of the same Reformed camps, and there are some who would say, no, we, this is pagan, uh, paganism that we're jumping into here. Oh, sure. uh, the early church didn't celebrate Christmas. Like Charles Spurgeon uh, had some things to say about the, the Catholic holiday of, mm -hmm. of Christmas, and, you know, we really shouldn't be engaged in this, and it just feeds into commercialism, and do we... <laughs> Do we jump on that bandwagon? I mean, obviously not, because we're talking about it. But yeah, I, I've heard a lot of that in, in fundamentalist circles as well. Yeah, I don't roll in fundamentalist circles, but I've heard it kind of from all sides sure. and, and different things. I think it goes to uh, where we're going to kind of be in Romans here pretty soon, and I say soon, probably in six or eight months. But <laughs> we'll be in Romans fourteen, and Romans fourteen is kind of a big treatise on Christian conscience, and so I think it gets into a bigger question of when it comes to things that are not regulated by scripture yeah things that are not um, clearly commanded so if we were debating saying should we should we celebrate the Lord's Supper that would be a wrong conversation right. from the get-go because it's clearly mandated scripture do this in remembrance yeah. of me but if we were debating do we do that every Sunday do we do it once a month 
you know, that's where it becomes more of a, what they call a normative issue, where Scripture doesn't necessarily define that. Oh, the answer is one week, but that's another story. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and you go to different congregations, yeah. um, worship style. Should we play and, and make a joyful noise to the Lord? Yes. Should we only use the Psalter, or can we write our own music? Right. That's where it gets a little more gray. I think Advent is something where we have to make sure that we're not, and I'm borrowing a term that I heard on uh, Wretched Radio with Tal okay. Um, neonomianism. Hmm. Neo meaning new, namas meaning law. So let's not make it a new law. Right. Uh, let's not make it something where we're, we're dipping back into the law and yeah. binding consciences on something that is not clearly encouraged or prohibited in Scripture. Right. So there's a lot of things we do that maybe have bad roots. I mean, especially if you get into socio-political things right. and you know cultural things. But at the surface, you say. Is this something that Scripture regulates we must do like the Lord's Supper? No, it is not. Yeah. No, it isn't. You're not going to find you know, a biblical command, thou shalt observe Advent. But likewise, you won't necessarily find a place where it says thou shalt not. Yeah. If you attach pagan uh, innuendos to it, that is something that could bind the conscience. Right. If it is something that is done from a clear conscience and proceeds from faith to worship Jesus Christ without binding the consciences of other believers... I think in a Romans 14 sense, you can engage in an Advent devotional and be totally free. Right. Um, and, and I think that if someone wanted to bind your conscience on that, they would have to produce something clearly biblical yeah. that could regulate my conscience in that regard. Yeah, and you're referencing Romans 14, and we're talking about meat sacrifice to idols, and mm-hmm. that was a big controversy, not just in Romans, but other books of the Bible. And there, you know, you can make a case either side uh, for that. Do you really want to support a pagan system? Or, hey, this is, uh, you know, everything God created is good, and I'm saving money on this. This is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what Paul urges is grace. Grace. You know, uh, I'm not going to flaunt this in front. Either way, uh, yeah. you know, if I'm a staunch anti-Advent uh, Ebenezer Scrooge or whatever, uh, I, I'm not going to flaunt that to the guy setting up the Christmas tree. Uh, in his back, well, I almost said backyard. I don't know why you're sitting up at Christmas tree. <laughs> Where do you live? But <laughs> you can whatever. say at our house, Kev. <laughs> but I think I think that's a good point to note. And also, um, and maybe I feel this as a pastor, it goes the other way as well. That if you're in a context, maybe a church plant, or maybe you know in a in an area where they just it's a new concept. Yeah. And people's consciences, it feels to them like sin. Right. You know, that, well, we have we're lighting a candle, you know, and we're reading these devotionals. This feels just feels different. It feels like sin to yeah. me. It may be a case where you as, you know, the Romans 14 brethren who, quote-unquote, can eat the meat, yeah. you may need to lay down your freedom right. for their sake and either don't celebrate Advent because it's not a biblical mandate, or if you're a pastor, it wouldn't be wise, I don't think, to go to a church that's never done it and then to just throw it on them. Yeah, I think, like our churches, um, some of our leaders that are in charge of our next generation team, kind of integrating families together and young ones yeah. into the life of the church, They've done a good job of explaining and sending out a big, not a big, but a one-page kind of description of this is what Advent is, this is what it is not, this is what we encourage, here's some resources. Right. And we do that every year because we have newer people coming and going. And so I think that's helpful to massage the Christian conscience right. so that something that is not necessarily sin doesn't feel like sin. Yeah. It's kind of in the same, somewhat in the same boat of Christian liberty, can I have a beer? Yeah. Should what kind of clothes do I wear? Um, you have to be careful, and like you aptly noted, a lot of those freedoms are given to lay down. Right. 
So if you were in a context where people just, they love the Lord, but this is really new, you don't really have the right to force it upon yeah. them. But I do think you have the right to say, this is something we should learn about. Right. Um, but I don't want to bind your conscience on this. And I think the scriptural principle is we're not crusaders, but we're ministers. Yeah. I'm not crusading for my cause. To, I'm looking for how can I love my brother? How can I best minister to his needs? Mm-hmm. And usually a fight is over something that is not a biblical mandate or biblical essential is, is not what's needed. Yeah, absolutely. Save your energy for things like justification by faith alone. Right. Save your energy for uh, a proper view of the Trinity or yeah. a right understanding of the personal work of Christ. You know, these are things that the church fought right. for, and rightly so, in the patristic era, in the Reformation. You know, the fighting over Advent or the color of the carpet or yeah. how long your skirt should be. Uh, these are different conversations. Or whether to eat a candy cane or not. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. All right, so how do we, how, how do you, uh, in your family, celebrate Advent. We're talking about application. How do you use this to draw your family closer to uh, Christ and to, to highlight uh, a gospel-centered, Christ-centered uh, viewpoint? We, uh, like our like our church family, we really encourage our church to do this as families, yeah. and even as individuals or wherever you may be. Uh, but we as a church kind of rally to do this. Um, so we participate along with our church family we normally highlight one or two different devotionals. One is more geared for little ones. One's more geared for adults. You don't have to have the Advent candle. And there's an Advent wreath with yeah. four candles and then the Jesus candle in the middle. You can or can't do that. It doesn't matter. Uh, but we, we do it. And so my ch- I have four children. Five on the way, which we just found out. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, Merry Christmas. It's a blessing. Um, so I'll call them in. And so you do one a day leading up to Advent on Christmas. Yeah. And so the first week you light one candle, the second week you light two candles. And so I very carefully help my little ones light yes, the candle. Can. And uh, yeah, it's, it gets tedious. But they get excited because there's fire involved. Yes. So my I call them that part. My kids do too. Um, we almost burned some fingers a couple months yeah. ago. So I say, okay, guys, it's time for Advent devotionals. You know, if I'm home that evening, it's normally in the evening. You could just as easily do it in the morning if you have a meeting at night or if you're working second shift or something. And uh, so I call them to the table. And, and just to make sure, you know, it's not a big... Uh, PhD level, it's about 10 yeah. minutes. My kids are young, so it's about 10 minutes. Maybe not even that. And uh, so I say, okay, whose turn is it to light the, the Advent candles? And they take turns by age. So oh, it's my turn. So then they, they light them, and then we go into the Advent devotional and ask some questions and make some touch points along the way. Uh, maybe apply that to things that are just very specific to our yeah. family. And then I lead in prayer, and we blow out the candle, and that's it. In like six, seven, eight minutes or so, mm-hmm. and we do that every day leading up to Christmas. So yeah. we'll do it again tonight, hopefully when we get home. And uh, then the big, you know, Christmas Eve, you, you like the Christmas, the, the big yeah. candle in the middle is the Jesus candle. Um, so it's just a, a really enjoyable thing to do. It's, it doesn't have to be complicated, just like every right. family devotional. It doesn't have to be complicated. Keep it short, keep it simple, yeah. keep it focused on Christ, and enjoy it with your kids. And if you do that, you'll normally be all right. What do you recommend to the family that's never done this before and uh, may not even be familiar with a, a family worship time or devotional time. They're thinking, how do I corral all the kids into this? And how do I, how do I even start doing this in a practical way? Oh, that's a great question. It, there's a saying at our church that we use, just begin again. Because yeah. it's, it's easy. sometimes you go through seasons where, where we were doing morning devotions. It was so good. We yeah. kind of fell away. Well, just begin again. Yeah. It's kind of like with your parents saying, gosh, we were doing really good when the kids were younger and we were so focused on, on parenting we just kind of fell away we'll just begin again yeah you know 
And so I think, you know, you and I both, we didn't necessarily grow up doing Advent, and probably right. a lot of people just begin again, or just begin at all. Yeah. So really, it, it is um, specifically, hopefully, fathers or grandfathers, yeah. you know, men, if they could say, you know, I'm, I'm held accountable for my family, I want to lead you, I want to feed you. Uh, we're going to come together, and guys, if you're listening, my kids right now are all under the age of 13. Uh, my youngest is six. So I shamelessly say, many times, you want a little treat? Or <laughs> yeah. a little, little thing of ice cream or something? You can sit down and pay attention. If, if you have a little treat while Daddy's teaching, if that helps, my conscience is free on yeah. that. <laughs> so how many of you chew gum during church? So let's, uh, you know, let's be honest. Yeah. So I, I give them a little treat or something normally. Daddy opens in prayer. We go through a book of the Bible. We ask some questions. A lot of our families will try to incorporate singing a hymn or a song yeah. or something. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to do it at the end right. of the day. Am I commending Christ to my children as a treasure to be sought? Meaning, does my time go to that? Does yeah. my treasure and my talent, my energy go to that? And they will know if you value it. Right. You might miss a night or two. That's okay. Yeah. Just begin again. We've had weeks where it's three or four nights in a row where daddy's got meetings or we're traveling, and that's okay. Yeah. But they will know the overall rhythm is either A, this was a priority, or B, it wasn't a priority. And that's the key. It's, it's, it shows the priority in the house. Because even if you know, you're not the greatest storyteller, you're not the greatest expositor of scripture, and maybe you can't sing a hymn you know, <laughs> at all, but the fact that kids see you doing this, they know dad thinks this is important. The family thinks this is important. Uh, in our family, we do something similar. Uh, what I've found in a practical way, <laughs> and it took me all to figure this out. I, I forget what book I read this in, but we do it right after dinner. Mm. Uh, we have, uh, my kids are 11, 7, 2, and 1. And it helps when the 2 and the 1-year-old are strapped into a chair already. <laughs> um, I did that in my 12-year-old. <laughs> I've been tempted to do it with the love. I want to do it with high school students. But anyway, we do it right after dinner. We're already there together. Um, and it just makes for a good flow into that. And uh, Well, let's, let's look at some of these uh, recommended resources. Because I think some of that would help. Like in our family right now, we're using uh, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Okay. And I know some, some don't like that because of the, the pictures of Christ. And uh, that's not where I'm at. But anyway, uh, the... Uh, it, it really highlights that grand meta narrative of scripture, uh, the, the coming of Christ. The Christ, is, I forget what the uh, the, story, the tagline of that is. Of the Christ being whispered on every page of scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, we found that to be to be helpful, and we're using that right now. What do you uh, What do you use? What are or what would you recommend? There's a new Advent devotional that our associate pastor of discipleship, Pastor Steve Krug, did a great job of finding and promoting at our church. It's called A Jesus Christmas. Hmm. Um, and the gal is a female author. Last name is Roche, I think. Okay. Something like that. A Jesus Christmas. I'm not sure who the publisher is even. I'm a little unprepared in that. But if you look up Jesus, A Jesus Christmas, it's a devotional, a devotional for Advent. Um, and I would say it's geared more for younger children. Hmm. So it's short. It's focused on Christ. Kind of that grand meta narrative. Yeah. You know, you'll look at a portion in Genesis. Then you'll look at a portion in Exodus. And you're kind of moving toward the coming of Messiah. And we found that very helpful. Uh, we're also promoting at our church, uh, Love Came Down by Sinclair Ferguson. Mm. It's his new yeah. Advent devotional. And basically, it's a very warm, very understandable exposition of 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the love chapter. Yeah. And just talking about how Christ, that is, that is Christ. 
and uh, what does it look like to, to do that leading yeah. up to Christmas? And that has been very, my wife is really enjoying that one. We've used in the past, uh, before we got kids, uh, John Piper's devotional, Good News of Great Joy, mm. uh, is really good. And also, I'm looking on my list here, and I can't find it. Here John, it is. John Piper's The Dawn of Indestructible Joy is his mm. other Advent devotional. Yes. And we use we promoted that, I think, a year or two ago. And that was very, very good. The dawning or dawn of indestructible joy. I haven't used that one yet, but it's Piper. It's Piper. So. <laughs> it's Piperian. Um, Why Christ Came, 31 Meditations on the Incarnation by Joel Beakey. Uh, I also did a couple of years ago. I found that to be helpful. And then um, there's this other book I've got in my hand, The King's Mission, a Daily Advent Devotional by a guy named J.A. White. Are you familiar with this uh, author? Yeah, it sounds, sounds sketchy to me. Gotta... Kind of shaky, um, <laughs> shaking a couple of things. No, this is, of course, written by the one and only Aaron White that's sitting next to me. And uh, my wife and I, our family used this, uh, was it two years ago? I think, I think it was. Two years ago, yeah. And so... Uh, We've been greatly benefiting from that, uh, and, and you gave that to me as a gift, and I appreciate that because most of the time you come, you you bring stuff for me. Um, for a man, who most preaches, of the time you preach grace, and yet right now I'm not getting grace. I forgot to bring a free book yes. for for Kevin, which I normally do. You have to pay, you have to pay alms or you know pay pay your price of admission to come onto the show, and I forgot well, books. I'm going to show you some grace right now. Because I'm going to reach over here. I'm going to walk over here to this other table. Oh. And I've got a little bag here. Oh. Is this so, unmerited favor that I'm This receiving? is unmerited. This is not only a, a little gift that I got for you. This is a handcrafted gift. You don't have this. Oh. This is a new creation. <laughs> and so... He's I'm going deep, folks. He's going deep. This handcrafted... Christmas ornament oh, that wasn't oh, just oh, a leftover from our two-year-old's art project. Right. Well, this uh, what I'm holding in my hands. It says Basic Bible Podcast, and it's a picture of me and Kevin. So not only do I get to hang out with you now, I get to hang you on my Christmas tree yes. and stare at your face staring at us, wearing a Superman shirt, no less, uh, for the entire season. So I, I couldn't be more happy about this I, I thought that would be a very personal gift. But there is something else in here. A little, oh, okay. And again, it gets, I, I thought about getting you a Dunkin' Donuts gift card uh, based on our last conversation. Hmm. Uh, but instead, you're stuck with Starbucks. Wow. And that. so I'll, I'll, I'll give that to you. Thank you. Thank you for the unmerited blessings favor. and Merry what a, Christmas. What a, what a lesson in grace. You know, I, I brought nothing. Nothing in my hands I bring, and I walk away with a gift card. You're walking away full. Yeah, amen. Thank, well, thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Aaron, for joining us once again. My pleasure. And thank you for bringing your children with us. Well, guys, with you. guys, can you say bye? Bye-bye. There you have it. All right, don't forget to check out our website at www.basicbiblepodcast.org. And next week, uh, we are, again, we're pausing the series on the attributes of God. Next week will be our year-end review of, uh, of books. And so... Uh, I like know, books. Yes. Just so you know. Uh, but not enough to bring one with you. But you're, anyway. you're doing so good. You're doing so good. <laughs> uh, but uh, and ironically, we're going to have Santa Claus with us on the next podcast. Okay, the so, one so, only... you're, so you're trying to delineate the, the goodness or badness of that. And then, <laughs> and then you announce you're bringing in... Okay, all right. The one and only Ray Jewel, the Santa Claus lookalike of Santa Claus lookalikes. His beard is amazing. <laughs> So people ask me, do I incorporate Santa Claus into our worship time? And, uh, every once in a while, Ray comes over, but that's about it.
I mentioned in a sermon a couple of weeks ago that um, St. Nicholas, the Bishop of Myra, punched mm. Arius in the face yes. at the Council of Nicaea. And that was the only thing that my children remember from the entire <laughs> sermon. But I guess it was worth it. So Santa Claus has come to town, folks. And if Santa Claus still did that, I would promote it more. Yeah. You know, if we went around punching heretics in the face. We'll talk to Ray and say, yeah. let's go find some heretics. And you dress up in a Santa suit. He's already got the beard. And we yeah. start whacking people. <laughs> That's a great way to end this podcast. Yeah, Merry Christmas, folks. <laughs> anyway, so join us next week. And uh, we're going to be talking about books or our New Year's Eve special edition. Then we're going to jump right back into uh, the attributes of God, and we're actually starting to record the next series even after that. So we got exciting things happening here at the Basic Bible Podcast. So tune in next week to hear more about that. Mm-hmm.